You are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. We should start looking and stepping into 2020 with expectation to move forward in a pursuit of full restoration. Here at Echo, you hear quite a bit, like we're all about the rescue, and and we believe that rescue is really a surrender to Jesus Christ saying, hey, God, I can't do life alone. I can't figure this out. I need you to rescue from my current scenario. And some of you, your scenarios are great. Uh, and, and, and you've got life figured out. There's maybe, you know, maybe have a lot of questions when it comes to your faith. You've been doing this for a long time. But for many of us, man, we just need a rescue. And we need to, you know, a lot of, you know, the spiritual term is we just need to be saved. And, and that's what I'm sensing here is a lot of you've walked into Echo and, and you're, maybe you don't come from a church background or maybe the church background that you came from, you know, just like you just lost the, the excitement and the energy of just following Jesus. And, and, and maybe you felt lost in that even too in a religious way. And, and I just want to tell you this, God is in the business of not only bringing a rescue to your life. And yes, you're found now, but we're called to follow But when we follow God, God is this. He's in the business of renewing, refining, and restoring and repurposing things in us. And 2 Corinthians, I love how it says in in chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is or she is a new creation. A new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Can I hear a happy new you? And so here's the deal. What I want to do today in, in Andy's like weird figurative way is today I want to talk about byproducts. Some of you are like, man, I, I woke up for this. <laughs> yes, you did. Just so we're on the same wavelength of, of byproducts, let me give you an example. In the mid-1800s, uh, there was a man that looked at a pile of waste. more or less a bunch of stuff that he saw as waste, but he began to start asking, man, if I saw this in a different light, if I could see something different, could this waste become worth? And so what he decided to do is he decided to dry that pile of cow intestine and to stretch it and to make a brand brand new tennis racket with it. That's what a byproduct is. You know, I would assume that he was probably around farming. He was around, you know, obviously uh, harvesting or whatever term you want to use when it comes to, to you, know, be, you know, the process of beginning to eat a burger. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> the vegans are like, no, it's not. Um, but anyway, so he, he, made, he made a brand new tennis racket and, and, and he said, hey, man, it was easier on the wrist and you had more control. Just kind of a unique thing. I, I don't know. It's a byproduct. But that's an example. And I just sense that there are some byproducts in our life that, that we have certain things that have been wasted because we don't see that there could be some use. There could be a renewal. There could be a repurposing, a restoration of the things that have been wasted in our life. We just keep it in the pile of waste. And so today I want to talk about chickens. Anybody like eating chickens? You know what I'm saying? Has anybody ever seen Christie's chicken video? For those uh, after church, you need that uh, entertainment during halftime. Uh, what you need to do is go on YouTube and look up 
uh, Christy Cast chicken video or something like that and find some entertainment in that. But we're not going to show that this morning. But I want to talk about a byproduct of the chicken. So chicken farmers uh, were harvesting, obviously, their ch- chickens. And, and, and before the 1990s, the majority of American farmers, what would they do? They would, they would go ahead and they would harvest, but they would have a pile of waste. And part of that waste was chicken feet. And not until the 1990s and the globalization of the world, someone, um, you know, most people didn't see a use in it. But after the 1990s or in the midst of it, they began to see that that waste could be turned into worth. And so what ended up happening is they began to start shipping these chicken feet to Asia and China. And today it is a $40 million industry. 300 metric tons of chicken feet are shipped so people can eat it. Now, interesting enough, I was home celebrating Christmas with my parents, and, and, and I came up with this idea that I'm going to show you here momentarily because I see things different. I try to see things different. I always look for an opportunity for a laugh, and so we created one, but just hold on tight. But my mom, I, I was telling her what we were doing, and I said something about chicken feet, and she's like, I used to eat those all the time, and, and she just loved chicken feet. I've, has anybody had chicken feet in here? Like, you, that's, that you like? Like, that's, that's, one, like that's your thing. Awesome. Um, <laughs> In fact, I forgot to bring some chicken feet here today. I was going to nibble in front of you all, but uh, maybe that's next week. Uh, but anyway, uh, what I'm trying to get to with the byproduct, in order to, to find something of waste and turn it into worth, it starts with a vision. It starts with being able to see something different. And I saw when I started searching Google and reading about a byproduct of chicken and having chicken feed and et cetera, et cetera, I thought, you know what, I could make an opportunity here that there could be a byproduct of this little illustration to bring a little humor to echo you guys want to watch that video this morning okay let's do that happy new you we're all about trying new things any thoughts on what we're about to do here i'm scared here goes nothing deep breaths i don't even know if i can breathe deep right now isaiah don't you dare laugh as you're getting that set up that is just sadistic Oh my god, it's, I'm mildly sweating right now. I'm probably pitting out. <laughs> you can edit that out, right? <laughs> oh, it kind of smells good. It smells like chicken. So are we supposed to eat this now? I'm not swallowing this. Oh, oh it feels know. really weird. Ew, what the heck? I don't even know where to eat. Uh, it feels <laughs> Yo, like a this foot. Is wrong. This is so wrong. Oh, what the heck? I'm, I'm two seconds from gagging, 100%. I need to feel what this is. This tastes so bad. It's like so salty. You can't eat anything off of it. <laughs> this is like hazing. I literally... Oh, no, I can't. I can't even get anything off this. What is this? You show me what you want me to nibble on. You put my finger where you want me to nibble. Oh, this is not okay. This is soggy. Oh, it's slimy. (laughs) I'm not eating this. Sorry. 
Just feed it to him. Right here? Mm -hmm. He's like legitimately about to rage. Yeah. It's really not that bad. The There's... whole thing is gonna go in my mouth right now. Are you ready for this? No way. No way. I mean, I taste like chicken. I swear. The seasoning this is actually is, kind of nice. This is 1,000% chicken feet. I mean, it doesn't like taste bad, but I know if I actually looked at it, I'd probably gag. Oh, gross. Yeah. That looks really disgusting. I just put that oh whole thing my in my God. mouth. I'm literally eating feet. What, what sick human eats these? Oh, you went in for it. Oh, you ripped it. That's so wrong. I'm gonna put my blindfold back that on now. That's so wrong. That's foul. I, I will never forgive like Andy for this. Chicken I'm really eating feet? chicken feet. <laughs> oh, so uh, what am I trying to get to? What is my point? Some of you are like, why did I come to church to watch a bunch of people try a, a brand new food in their, you know, obviously in their food uh, menu, uh, big menu of their life. Uh, I, what I want you to see is this. And it, and it sounds really weird, but I'm going to say it anyway. But I believe this chicken feed in your life. I really do. I, <laughs> I, th I think there are certain things that, that you just have let be wasted. But there could be something of worth. And, and, and I just sense as we look into 2020, I felt like God placed it on my, my heart to just say this. In 2020, I believe it's going to be a year of renewed worth and renewed wealth. I'm going to just follow me. I, I believe that the once wasted things, the, the wasted time, wasted focus, wasted hope, wasted effort, wasted experiences, wasted giftings. Maybe for some of you, there's wasted relationships. I, I just believe 2020, there could be a renewal with a brand new wealth that comes. Now, I'm not talking about financial wealth. I'm, I'm talking about a wealth that is not limited by your bank account or spending habits or a budget because there is a wealth that your soul needs to experience. I'm not talking about financial wealth. I'm talking about a soul that is on the road to a restoration with God. Now, if we're going to get to that place where it's a happy new you, I believe it starts with a new vision. I believe that uh, when it comes uh, to taking steps in our life, uh, it comes down, uh, quite frankly, to our ability to see something different. And also it comes down to us asking God for a brand new perspective and a focus and relying on God, saying, God, begin to show to me what I need to see. Now, let me say it like this. If, if we don't change our gaze, our legs will never follow. In Proverbs 29, uh, it says this. I, I love this. And many have heard this. You've seen it on Pinterest or on Instagram, on your feed. It says this. Where there is no vision, the people will perish. But he that keepeth, King James, baby, keeps the law, happy is he. 
And what I want to tell you in 2020, it's time for us to begin to gain a vision and a direction in our life. And, and if we don't, what ends up happening is, is, is in, in the places that we go, we just leave list, little wasted areas of our life. And I just sense that God doesn't want to waste anything. Now, what I want to do is just take a few moments and bring your attention to your attention I want to talk about focus and, 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 and how God has called us to not waste that. And, and I believe that God is calling us to fix our eyes on, on, on a relationship with him and his word and allow him to speak to us. And, and, and I just want to really quickly make a reference and tell you about a story in the Old Testament about a king who did just that, that changed his focus. And because his focus was changed, a whole nation lived in peace because of it. And I just sense the same thing could happen in our lives. So if you have your Bible, 2 Kings 22, it says this, in the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent his servant to the temple of the Lord. And he said this, go to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them uh, entrusted to men and appoint them to supervise the work on the temple. Because what's happened to the temple is this. It, has begin, it had begun to become wasted. It began to lay waste. It was not of a wealth that it used to have in that nation. And King Josiah, for whatever reason, saw that and he said, you know what? We need to fix that. There needs to be a renewal. They need, there needs to be a restoration. And so he began to put his money where his mouth was. Now, in the process of renovation, they found something. And this is what it says. It says, Hil Hilkiah the high priest said to Shapin, who was the servant, the secretary, he said this, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. So most likely it was the first five books of, of the Old Testament, the Torah, uh, the, the Jewish Torah, and, and that's what they found. And, and it says this, that we found this in the temple. We found this in the foundations of the temple. And he gave this to Shapin, the servant. And it said this, he began to read it. And then Shapin went to the king and reported to him. He said, your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted into workers to supervise the project with the temple. But in the process, we have found this book. And then it said this, and this is absolutely profound in my mind. It said, and Shapin began to read from it in the presence of the king. And when the king heard this, he tore his robes, which was a physical reaction to an inward conviction. And he was torn to the, to the center of his being. He heard what God's word was presenting, and he knew that that was not the vision and the direction and the process in which they were going. And so what did Josiah do? He looked at, at Hilkiah, the, the, the high priest. He said, go to a prophet and acquire the Lord, acquire from the Lord for me. And so that's exactly what they did. And when they got to the prophet, the prophet said this. And this is what I think God could say into our life for 2020. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people. 
that they would become a curse and be laid waste. You get that waste? And because you tore your robes and you went into my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Obviously, it sounds like a very morbid ending, but what in essence the prophet is saying is you will have a reign of peace. And that's exactly what happened to Israel as long as Josiah lived. Now, let me tell you what I I glean from this scripture and this reference. Your Bible, uh, the, the things that they pulled out of the rubble of the temple, out of the foundational elements of the temple and the walls. Actually, it was something historically that that certain uh, faiths would do. They would bury their scriptures within the foundation, and that's what they found. And when it comes to our Bible, let me just tell you this, because I think I've seen it used in two different ways. I believe that our Bible is not meant to be a decoration. It's meant to be a declaration. You know what I'm I'm saying? Many of our Bibles, they begin to uh, collect dust on the shelf. And it's, it's a decoration. It's something that, that we have because someone has given to us. Maybe we have 17 of them sitting around. I just sense that we need to be reminded that it's a declaration, a declaration. And, and when I say that, I mean it's a picture. It's a book that presents the picture of an eternal God who eternally loves us and has done everything possible to have a relationship with us. The second thing is if we're taking it serious, we begin to understand that the Bible is a posture. It's a way of walking, it's a way of sitting, it's a, it's a way of talking, because, because ultimately this Bible is also a person. This Bible leads up to a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? I'm getting excited for the game. Uh, skull. Uh. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I'm a Packer fan, so forgive me. I'd love to see a rematch, though. Can we all agree on that? No. Come on. Come on. Don't be a hater. But back to the Bible. The Bible is a picture. It's a posture. It's a person. Man, it's meant to be a declaration to our life. It's supposed to declare who we are and who God wants us to be and who God is. Now, the second thing that I think that you need to hear from this scripture that I've gleaned is you'll never know what God's work in your life will do for another person's. And what we see is Shapin and Hilkiah, and there's an interaction there where they get the Bible, but Shapin goes back and he reads that. And the way that I read it and the way that I look and when I, when I interpret it, when I see it, I just sense that God began to do something in his heart and in his life. And he didn't read it and interrupt the king just for the kicks of it, but because God was doing a work in his life that he was bold enough and brave enough to put it and present it before the king that could have taken his life for interrupting him for that purpose. Never underestimate what God will do through you as you allow God to work in you and speak to you and begin to create a new vision and a new way of looking at the world around you. Now, let me tell you this. The Bible isn't meant to be informational. It's meant to be transformational. And the question I want to ask you this is, are you taking daily steps to hear God's voice and to seek his guidance? And are you beginning to adopt his vision for our lives? And I'll just say it really frankly. If we are not seeking God through his word, then I would 
present this idea that you may not be hearing God very much. Now let me just go really, really basic. I understand that for many of you, some of you have come from different churches or different backgrounds and you've been, you know, you've had a relationship with God and you kind of know how to read your Bible, but I also know there's been tons of people who've committed their life to Christ, that they've surrendered their life to Christ, they found their rescue and you're just starting a brand new thing and you look at this Bible, you hear this message and you're overwhelmed by the size of it, you're overwhelmed by the message, you're overwhelmed by the thousands or hundreds of thousands of questions you have about it. And I just want to take just a few moments and, and, and just kind of do a refresher about how we should read our Bible. How could I start reading my Bible? The first one thing that I want, or one thing I want to remind you is don't be in a hurry. Just give yourself permission to not be in a hurry. Now, if you're anything like me and I was in high school or junior high, man, people would give me assignments and it would be something like read page one through 70. And I'd do exactly that. But at page 70, I would like look back at it and go, what did I just read? Anybody, anybody do that? You know, maybe page two. Anybody? Come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, nursing schools, page two, page two. Okay, come on. Um, and the Bible isn't meant to be read like that. I mean, it's good, and, and again, I hope you do read it informationally, but allow it to become transformational in your life. And, and if, if you don't know where to start, I would, I would ask you to start three-fourths of the way through your Bible at, at some books that are called Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There are accounts of, uh, different accounts of Jesus' life, and, and man, and I, we believe that the Bible is one unified story that leads up to Jesus, and, and that's where you should start. Start reading that, and if you don't know where to start from those four books, start reading the book of Mark with me, because that's what I'm reading right now, and, 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 and when you do read it, I, I, let me just make it really, really, really simple. When you open up, as I open it up on a daily basis, I choose a portion of the scripture to read, and I begin to read it, and I read it slowly. I may reread it as well, but when something jumps off the page, what I do next is I rest in it. I've given myself permission to stop and to ask questions. And, and when I say reading my Bible, I'm not just talking about reading my Bible. I'm talking about having a relationship with the God of the universe who can speak through the word that he's provided for us. And what I want to say is the rest in it, rest in it, resting in it means a conversation I begin to have with God. A lot of, a, a lot of that comes down to writing in a journal. And I begin to, my wife calls it chicken scratch, coincidentally with this message. Yuck, 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 yuck. But I begin to write down a conversation with God or certain things that I begin to study. And what it does is it allows me to, to kind of regurgitate and, and begin to chew on the things that I just read and allow the Holy Spirit and God to speak through me. And then lastly, I'm committed to responding to it. And that's the difference between informational and transformational is allowing God's word to truly not only change how you see things, but the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way, way you relate to the world around you. The second way we should start reading our Bible is this. It's simple, daily. Just do it daily. In fact, I would, I would present that this is something you should do the first thing you do in the morning. The first major thing you do in the morning is to set aside time to put God 
first. Now, some of you are like, man, I'm not a morning person. I hate that idea. Then do it at lunch. I mean, come on. We don't have to be legalistic about it. You can do it when you go to bed, but just you'll find yourself falling asleep. I did that for 15 years. It was amazing. So it's an awesome book to have good dreams. So, uh, but if I'm just telling you like to set aside time first. There was about eight years ago, I was, um, I just got really, really like in the zone of like trying to accomplish something uh, through maybe my workplace and, and trying to like aspire to be a certain person. At the same time, I lost myself in some respect. And I was sitting at a camp with a bunch of teens as their youth pastor. And I felt, I felt like the Lord speak to me. And he said, Andy, there are some 5 a.m. dreams that you've never seen. I said, well, what does that mean? I felt like God began to present to me that, hey, Andy, you need to set aside time first to begin to seek me so you can see something different because there are some things that have been laid waste that are going to become wealth. Oh, guys, you know where we're sitting right now? We're sitting in a 5 a.m. dream. Do you know what I'm saying? And for some of you, like, you hate the idea of waking up, and I'm just begging you to wake up because God wants to do something imaginably more than you could ever hope, dream, or dream of, ever. And you're not excited about it. That's one of those times where I know I know what I'm speaking is hard to hear. It's hard to change. It's it's hard to like to to do something different. But I'm just telling you, man. There there are certain things in your life that God wants to do through you. Now let me tell you this. Let me statistically tell you a few things. Uh, uh, the average 21 year old male has spent 10,000 hours playing video games. You know how many hours a year that is? 475 hours a year. Let me, let me give you another one. Social media. Mm. I love the gram. Statistically, the average, average American spends 705 hours on their social media a year. Well, let's just continue on some of these stats. For those that watch TV, and I know TV has changed, so some of this has probably morphed a little bit into your phone or whatever, but they say the average American will spend 2,737 hours with their TV on. The question I'm asking you is what are you gazing at? Now, if we spend 17 minutes in a relationship with God and reading his word and, and, and like I said, reading it, resting it, and responding to it, if we spend 17 minutes a day, we'll get to about 103 hours a year. Now, let me just say it really, really straightforward. What material, what are the things that you're looking at uh, that's begin to cre- that has created your vision, and, and let me even say it like this, your worldview? And let me just go really where like the rubber meets the road. Are you leaning more into Netflix than you are into the pneuma, the movement of the spirit of God? What if we could change the script? What if God would begin to just reveal to us what he's called us to do, what he wants to renew and repurpose and, 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 and just absolutely turn around from waste to wealth in our life in 2020. And the last way to how we should read our Bible is this, is let's do it together. 
I know a lot of times we're like, hey, like, you know, are you, are you doing your personal devotion time? Are you in the old terms of, uh, at least in the vein of, of, of church that I grew up was, was like, do you, do you have your quiet time? Do you have your secret place? There's nothing quiet. There's nothing secret where I read my Bible because when my kids wake up, I cannot even think. <laughs> but there's something significant about committing to doing this together. And I want us to just do a, a unashamed little plug. We're going to do table communities here just in under a month. Uh, beginning of February, we're going to go ahead and, and, and kind of release the second trimester uh, of table communities and I'm asking some of you that have been firm in your faith and you've done this walking with Jesus for a while would you start a Bible study so you can invite someone else at Echo maybe a neighbor, a co-worker, a family member to begin to do this together that we could read our Bible I mean you don't need to be a theologian all you have to do is be willing to read your Bible what if we would do this together let me tell you this let me paint this picture of a 2020 vision what if Echo? This is a dream. I, I, you know, obviously, it's hard for me to believe that everybody would do this, but what if? What if everybody would do this? Uh, for the next 20 days, we would spend 20 minutes first thing in the morning and sought God. We'd open up his word. We would, we would read it. We would rest in it. We would respond to it. We'd be open for God to begin to renew and restore and repurpose the things that have been laid waste. World would look different. Our life would look different. Our family would look different. Our 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 workplace could look different. See, in 2020, I feel like there's a new worth and a new wealth that's around the corner. But it will start with a vision. It will start with the gaze. It will start your commitment to say, God, I want to seek you first. Would you close your eyes? bow your heads just for focal reasons for getting everybody around you. I'm going to tell you this one last thing. We talk about chicken feed and byproducts and I hope that's a, a decent illustration to tell you that the things that think, there are certain things in our life that have been laid to waste but they can be turned into great wealth. Wealth for our soul. Wealth for the world around us if we were to become in tune with God. And in the process of stepping into a relationship with God, I believe we'll become a happy new you. So let me tell you this, the happy new you, I believe, is a byproduct of joy. And joy is a product of being in the presence of God in our life. See, when we read in our scriptures, we find that joy is what the scriptures call a fruit a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit desires to have a relationship with us in and every day. But I can just tell you this, you will never experience that joy you want to experience unless you begin to seek and pursue God first. Jesus, we pause. And we sense that you're doing something new. That God, some of those dead things, some of those wasted things, God, you're in the business of turning them around, repurposing them. God, I sense that there's some people that walked into this place and they're carrying this burden of regret. And they regret some of the words that they said. They regret some of the time that they did not spend the way they should. They regret some relationships that are in ashes or in rubble. 
God, today, God, not by my words, but by your work, by your presence, I just sense that, God, you want to do a miracle, that you want to walk into this place. And I'm not talking about the physical place, but, God, the places and the confines of our heart that we hold you out of and begin to renew a whole new vision and a purpose. That those things that we've let we've allowed to be wasted in our life you begin to renew to bring wealth and worth in us and the world around us God it sounds weird to ask this but I'm going to ask it anyway God when you reveal the chicken feed in our life the million dollar ideas the metric ton the weightiness making a difference in this world. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are the echo.church slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church to get all the details and upcoming services and events.